What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Against All Odds podcast. If you guys are just watching this, um, I'm by myself. And if you're just listening, just trust that I'm by myself right now. Uh, no Mimi today, no guests. I thought I would really kind of just dive into uh, the four years that I spent in college. And in particular, giving some advice about incoming freshmen and also the people that are already in college, my advice of how to set up yourself to play professionally later on, because I know it's a big one. I've talked a lot about how to get recruited to play college. And I've talked a lot about being a pro, but I really haven't delved that deep into how to have a successful collegiate career and then how to transition from the college game to the pro game. So that's the aim of this podcast. And that's what I want to talk about. Uh, so anyway, without further ado, let's roll the intro and let's get started. Okay, so since it's just me, I have some notes here so I don't go too far off tangent on anything. But before I get into this, before I start talking about my story in college and my advice for you, I need to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, which is Ebonel Lightning Pain Relief Cream. Ebonel has been sponsoring the last few podcast episodes, and I've really enjoyed the product. It is a pain relief cream, as I said, but basically you just kind of pop the top off. It has a nice rolling ball at the top so your hands don't have to get um, touch the, the 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 gel at all and you roll it on into any sore areas and when you roll it on after a few minutes you'll start to feel a very nice warm tingly sensation and it helps to kind of alleviate that pain in those areas and the one thing that's very unique about this brand versus other brands is this actually works to reduce inflammation in the body as well so a uh, little two for one action there. Uh, it's a, it's it's kind of like the typical menthol smell that you get. It's it's smells good, and it, you can definitely have that like normal pain relief cream smell that you get with it. But I've been really enjoying it. I've been working back into the gym, back into my normal workout, so I've been a little bit more sore than usual. And this thing has definitely helped um, both mentally and with the uh, little extra soreness that I've been feeling. So thank you to Ebonel for sponsoring the episode. If you guys want to check out Ebonel Lightning Pain Relief Cream, you can. You can check them out on Amazon. You can also head to their website, and both the links will be in the description. And if, if you guys do decide to um, to purchase the product, be sure to use my discount code AGAINST10. That's 10 with a 1 and a 0. So AGAINST10, A-G-A-I-N-S-T-1-0. So use that for little discount off your order. Anyway, let's get into my story. And I want to start this off as if you are a high school senior that's just graduated from high school. Uh, I don't want to go into the recruiting process because I've had many videos about this. I've talked a ton about this. Go check out those videos if you want to learn more about my recommendations on how to uh, be recruited to play in college. But I'm going to start this as if you already have a, a, a commitment to play college soccer or you're walking on or doing something. So um, anyway, a little bit about my story. After my senior year, I definitely enjoyed you know, life. This is, I think, one of the best times in your life. And I am sorry for all the seniors during this year, during the whole virus and, and what's going on. I can't imagine how tough that is. Um, but you know, unfortunately, you can't really deal too much about what's going on. But I definitely enjoyed my time. I spent it with hanging out with friends for kind of like the last time being a high schooler. I went to graduation parties and I went on graduation trips and I really enjoyed that time and cherished that time. And I definitely balanced that with my own training as well. So I think it's important to have that balance because 
if you focus too much on soccer or you focus too much on having just a great time with your friends, one of them is going to suffer and it's going to lead to problems, especially if you're coming in to be a, a student athlete at college. I mean, if you just focus obviously on playing and hanging around with your friends and doing extracurriculars and stuff, you obviously are going to suffer when you come into preseason and you're unfit, you're not sharp, and your coach is going to be like, why did I recruit this kid? Um, having said that, I think if you focus too much on soccer and you focus too much on your workouts and too much on your fitness, I think it also can have mental problems. I'm sure that there's people that do that and are perfectly fine for that. But I think for the majority of people, you need to have time spent with your family. You need to have a social life. You need to have that mental break from just soccer, 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 training, training, training. And so for me, I really balanced that. You know, I would go off on a weekend down to the beach or the coast of Oregon, hang out with my friends, be in a house, and just have a good time. But then Monday through Friday before that, I'm training every single day, working out, going on runs, doing the Cooper test, really pushing myself physically. Um, same thing, I even did a trip out to like Oregon, Eastern Oregon, out to Sun River uh, with all of my friends, my, some of my best high school friends. I remember distinctly we were there for about three or four days. I think we got in two days of going to the gym during like in the morning and getting a workout in. So we swam and we biked and we did all the fun stuff that came along with that graduation trip. But we also, you know, went to the gym and worked out. And I, you know, I was a big motivator for that. Like, guys, we need to get a workout in. Let's go, let's go. And luckily I had a good friend group that did that. So my point is that you really need to balance that, you know, find that balance that works for you between enjoying this time because it's a, it's a very exciting time. Uh, but also realizing that you have an amazing opportunity coming up in front of you of, of going into a new environment, going into college and really setting the tone in college for how the next four years of your life are going to go. I mean, cause that first impression is huge. You'll never be able to shake it if you come in and that coach is disappointed with your fitness level or disappointed with how you play. So it's a big opportunity. I think you should treat it like a big opportunity. Um, so for me, I mean, I definitely, like I said, June was a fun time. Got coffee here. So I'm going to take a little sip, but June, I definitely enjoyed June. You know, I worked out a ton and I trained a ton. But I kind of told myself that I was going to take majority of June to enjoy the graduation process and hang a lot with my friends and do stuff like that. Uh, once July came around, July 4th and everything, that's when I really was like, it's it's kind of grind time. You know, I had spent a lot of June enjoying it. I still was training probably two, three times a week, working out two, three times a week and doing fitness probably two or three times a week. But that was still my break. And then in July came, that's when I really shifted the gears of like, okay, let's go five, six days a week of training. I had a, a team that was still training. So I got two or three team trainings a week. And in addition, I did my own individual workouts, you know, in my backyard and my front yard, going to the field, doing the same exact stuff that I'm doing now, the same exact stuff that you're seeing in my Become Elite videos I was doing by myself during that time. Um, and I was also working out my normal three, four times a week, again, doing the same exact exercises that you're seeing in my, in my YouTube videos, deadlifts, squats, bench press, and then all the normal isolation movements that, uh, I'm still doing today. So I was doing a lot. Uh, and then, you know, in July, I'm starting to add in some fitness and luckily I, uh, I had a, uh, a very organized division one college that sent some workouts and training programs for us to do. So I kind of dabbled with that. I would test out one. Um, maybe it would be too easy, maybe it'd be too hard, but I kind of would test myself. But for the most part, I kind of found that a lot of the workouts and a lot of the stuff they were sending was like a good workout, but I thought like I could even do more. 
So I was just continuing to push myself. I wanted to come in and be one of the fittest guys. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to really have a good first impression. So I was doing a lot of extra running and a lot of extra training. I remember doing a lot of workouts on the track. So I do like 400 meter repeats, which is like one lap around a track, which is like the worst run ever. One lap, resting for a bit, doing another lap, resting for a bit, all those types of workouts. I do the Cooper's test to test my fitness. And again, just pushing myself and pushing myself and trying to slowly increase the fitness as I got closer and closer to that August 8th or something start date, the report date for my college. Um, And this actually brings me to the next point of if you can, if you can report early, get there early, stay with an older guy who has a house, sleep on their couch, ask the coach if you can come in early and join in on any captain's practices. I was talking to the coach and our coach actually sent out something that said, hey, if any freshmen want to come early, feel free. Here's some num- some numbers of the guys with the houses and some apartments. Um, coordinate with them and see if you can come in early, sleep on a couch, hang out with them. They're more than happy to have you. And then you can join them for some captain's practices before the official team training start. And I saw this as an amazing opportunity. I mean, I can get comfortable with these guys, get to know some of these guys, really get like the nervous jitters out the first week or two. And then by the time the report date comes, when most people are showing up, I'm already very comfortable and I already feel like I know six or seven or eight guys pretty well already. So I jumped at that opportunity and that's a huge recommendation I have for any of you going into college. If you can go there early, ask your coach if you can go stay on somebody's couches, if you can coordinate you with somebody, get there early and join in on the captain's practices early without the coaches so you can get used to it. And I'm telling you, you might sound like a nuisance at first, you know, you might be like, oh, I don't want to be that guy, but your upperclassmen are going to love that. They're going to see a freshman coming in that wants to get there early and wants to get in extra workouts and training with them. I mean, that's as an upperclassman, you love that. You're never going to look down at that. Um, at least at Davis, nobody did. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I came in, I think, right at the end of July into Davis. So I flew down to Davis. I remember my very first moment of getting dropped off in Davis. My mom dropped me off. I was already coordinated with some of the upperclassmen. It was like Alex Aguiar and Elliot Horde. And I basically said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be here. Where should I go? What's going on? And they're like, hey, let's just meet at the field. Bring your boots, bring some kit, let's train. Meet us at the field and we'll pick you up afterwards and we'll take you to the house. So my mom dropped me off at this field randomly in Davis and I gave my mom a hug. I gave my sister a hug. They were crying. I was so excited though. And they drove off and uh, I kind of waited at this field by myself for like five or 10 minutes until all my new teammates kind of rolled up on their bikes. Got in a little training session. It went really well. I thought I played well. Um, and I definitely was nervous. I had a ton of jitters, but I did feel like I was starting to know these guys and get the jitters out without the coaches there, just kind of meeting my new teammates and meeting some of my new friends. Um, and so we went back to the, uh, their place and I kind of like slept on the couch. I slept on mattresses on the ground and we kind of like hung out. And just for that next week, kind of, I just got to get really close with these guys. I mean, I live with these guys for 24 seven. So after a week, you're already super close. I think with, it was all that group of Aggie, Elliot, all the, the year above me, the sophomores at the time when I came in as a freshman. Um, and I cannot recommend that enough. So do that if you have that opportunity. Um, and another way, another piece of advice I have is that, uh, just like as getting to know your teammates, you're going to get more comfortable coming in. I would highly recommend, it's going to sound a little weird, but I highly recommend to do a little bit of research, do a little bit of, uh, of 
of stalking almost on the internet about your new teammates. So like, for example, I knew I was coming into Davis. I would watch the games that were live streamed. I went to when they played Oregon State and I watched their game against Oregon State, kind of like scouting, doing my own scouting report, looking at the players, looking how they played, um, really kind of getting the names in my head in my head so I get more comfortable when I come in. I'm just more familiar with everything. And I did my research on the new incoming freshmen. I pretty much knew all the freshmen. I had Facebook stalked everybody. This is before Instagram and all that stuff. Oh, that sounds so old. <laughs> but this is before Instagram and, and um, other social media. So all we really had was Facebook. But I Facebook stalked all the freshmen that were coming in just to be like, okay, this is Blake Steele. Okay, this is Colin. Okay, this is Ramon. Okay, this is Chris. This is Matt Wiesenfarth. Getting, putting, being able to put a face to the name. I, I would look at, the, at their highlight videos on uh, highlight videos on YouTube, just so I could start to see who my teammates were going to be, and also, uh, you know, to be honest, to see what my competition was like. Uh, and again, I think you know that might sound a little crazy, but I think it's really, really good to come into a situation, and you already have an idea of who people are, what position they are. Uh, how they play. You know, I, I could see from somebody's highlight video that they were fast. I could see from somebody's highlight video that they were a center back that was big and strong. So I already would have that in my head about who my teammates were. And, you know, it really helped me. And I, I would suggest that as well. So to recap, coming into your freshman year, that summer, obviously, 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 do as much as you possibly can, but enjoy that time because I think it's a very special time in your life. Um, if you can, talk to your coach or talk to some of your new teammates about coming there early, staying on a couch or a mattress or somewhere and doing and joining in on the captain's practices before you even report. And then lastly, I would highly recommend doing a little bit of stalking and doing a little bit of research on your new teammates and on that incoming freshman class. So you kind of have to see what you have to work with, compare yourself, and just, get again, get familiar with that situation that you're going into. It's a lot worse to come into a situation and have no idea who anybody is except for maybe a coach coming in and just being completely blind to everything, unfamiliar with everything, nervous, trying to meet people, trying to remember people's names, versus if you come in there and you already kind of know everybody's name. You already know who everybody is, where everybody kind of plays on the field. You've already trained with eight of these guys every single day and lived with eight of these guys for a week. You're familiar. You're comfortable. It's a little bit less less jarring at first. And I definitely, definitely would recommend that um, to any high school senior or anybody coming into a team. Um, so that kind of wraps up my the that coming into the uh, the freshman year. Now, as a freshman, when you're reporting, I think the number one thing, my number one piece of advice for freshmen that first week or first day or, or their first preseason is to balance being humble and being confident. I see freshmen coming in and I feel like for the majority, they're either one or the other. You know, they're coming in and they're scared and nervous of everybody else and they think, oh my gosh, I'm here at a D1 school. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be shy, you know, and they, and they don't have any confidence. So they come out and play and you can just tell that they're a little nervous. You can tell that they are a little scared on the field and trying to kind of figure out their situation. And it shows, I mean, it doesn't, it's not impressive. No coach is going to see that and be like, that's my starter. That's who I want on the field. So you have to be humble, you know, but you don't want to be timid. And I, I say that you have to be humble because at the same time, no upperclassmen and even coaches like that freshman that comes in thinking that he's better than everybody, thinking that he's he, that he's overconfident and he's coming in cocky almost. You have to come in confident, 
but you don't want to come in cocky where people start to dislike you because they can see that you're uncoachable or that you are going to be a problem to play with or be even be teammates with. So you have to flirt that line of being confident with yourself and your abilities, but also being humble to learn from the upperclassmen, to learn from your coaches, to learn about this new style of play. And that's my number one piece of advice for those freshmen. Find that balance. And again, it's, it's going to take some you know playing around, but you need to find that balance. Come in confident, but be humble. And personally, you know, not to like toot my own horn or anything, but I felt like I did that, did pretty well. I came in, I was, you know, rearing to go. I was so excited. I was fit. I was sharp. I was very confident in my abilities. But at the same time, I knew that I was going to go up against uh, some, or some of my teammates were, you know, fifth year seniors that had been around and playing division one college soccer for five years now and had all that confidence and had, you know, were four or five years older than me and had all this experience that I didn't have and I wanted to learn from them. So I think that I did a pretty good job of, of balancing that out. Um, now, my advice is as well is when you're coming in that your, your goal, your number one goal should just be plain and simple. You want to become a starter. You want to come in, become a starter and perform for this team. I don't think anybody should come into college. I don't think anybody really does, but you should never come in going, you know what? I'll register. I'll, I'll take a year off or we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just going to here to enjoy it. And, and then, uh, you know, maybe by my senior year, I'm going to get playing time. Uh, I think that's pretty rare, but that's a mistake, obviously. I mean, you can't come in and be like, oh yeah, you know, I just want to be, I just want to see what, see how things are. And by once I'm older, I'll get playing time. Your goal when you come in there immediately should be, I want to impress. I want to be the fittest guy. I want to, I want to show these coaches that I can play at this field and I want to get playing time my freshman year. And again, personally, I think I did that pretty well. I think that I came in, I think we, for the majority of the fitness tests we did, I was second place for most of it. Ian Palmer always would beat me on all of the fitness tests, whether it was a Cooper, whether we're doing the Manchester United, whether we're just doing a long, fast, like a four mile run and it was a race. Ian Palmer beat me every single year. He was one year older than me. He was just fit. Um, anyway, but yeah, he, uh, I came in and I, but still as a freshman, I was the second fittest guy on the team. So that goes to show like my training that I had been doing that summer was really paying off and that doing that, you know, even if it doesn't completely translate, you know, the Cooper's test doesn't completely translate to the field. It still shows your coach that you're putting in work. It still shows your coach that you're taking this seriously. So I remember distinctly hearing phrases from my, from Dwayne and from Jason about how I, uh, <laughs> like I would be doing a sprint and getting first or getting second. And then be like, wow, this freshman wants to start, huh? Little things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm showing them that I care I'm a hard worker and I'm impressing them. And obviously you have to back it up on the field. But since I came in and with that, with that mindset of like, I want to be a starter, you know, that's my goal. I think it really, and I prepared so well over that summer. I think it just, it really set the tone. Like I said, for that first impression. Um, now also for the, for the speed of play with this, there is going to be a difference. I mean, unless you're coming from a, an MLS Academy team, you definitely, definitely, definitely will notice an increase in the speed of play. Um, and it's good. I mean, it, you definitely will, uh, it might take a little bit to get used to it. And I think it helped for me that I was there early. That's why I suggest going there early, but it helped me because I got there a week and a half earlier 
and was already taking that full week and a half playing with the uh, with the sophomores and some of the upperclassmen, getting used to the speed of play, getting out some of the mistakes, learning how fast the D1 level really is compared to high school and my club teams, and kind of like getting those bad touches and some of those bad trainings in that adjustment period over with before the coaches were even there, or before anybody or most of the freshmen were even there. So um, I, that's why I recommend getting there so early. But again, I mean, I still was adjusting the speed of play even well into preseason and even through my freshman year. It definitely is faster. Um, guys are faster. Guys are stronger. Guys are smarter. Guys are more technical. They're playing one or two touches faster and more cleanly, um, thinking one or more two steps more ahead than you're used to. So, you know, and there's really no advice that you can have to play faster other than you just need to get into that environment and do it. So if you can, you know, leading up to that, playing with high high level players, trying to find some division one or division two college players in your hometown, hitting them up, DMing them, being like, hey, I've just committed to UC Davis. Can I come out and train with you guys? You know, I get some touches in, get used to the speed of play. Um, and again, like I said, showing up early and joining in on the captain's practices. But speed of play definitely is going to be a little bit faster most of the time. Um, and then uh, uh, in terms of like how I came in, my story about coming in uh, to that freshman year and how I stacked up against everybody, I kind of immediately found, obviously, like I said, that I was one of the more fit guys. My fitness training and everything, the physical side, I had been killing it. Like. I really think that I was doing more than most people when it came to fitness work and in the gym and all that stuff. And I think it was very, very cool to see that and to see my hard work pay off so much. Um, however, I definitely could see that I was a little less technical than a lot of the guys, especially the upperclassmen. I could see how clean their touches were, how fast they could play one or two touch play. Um, just overall, just the general skill and their comfort on the ball, I felt like was kind of head and shoulders above where I was at. And it was good to see. I mean, I immediately saw that in the first couple of days, just doing simple things. I was the one kind of messing up my passes more so than some of the better upperclassmen. And I think that's so important when you're coming as a freshman to see that and to recognize what you are weak at anywhere. Even if you go up to the pro level or you go on a trial or do something, recognizing and having that, that self realization like what is holding me back from being a starter what is holding me back from being a pro what is holding me back uh, from these guys what do these guys have that I don't and so I immediately kind of recognized that it was the technical skill that I was lacking I felt like tactically I could hang I knew where I should be I felt that my fitness and, and physicality were, were great but I just felt definitely definitely that the technical side was uh, a little bit lower than and especially the upperclassmen um now, in, in terms of my story, I actually had a very, very fortunate kind of run into things. I actually was recruited uh, by UC Davis as a right back. They, th they thought I could play right back for them. Um, but I also came in and there was a, the, the, a few open spots up top. We had like three or four strikers and I had played striker in college. And basically when kind of was like working out teams and working out stuff, I got a lot of reps up as striker. And, you know, since I came in pretty sharp and feeling good, I think I definitely showed that I could play striker at the D1 level. So I continued to play there. And then as we were going into preseason, uh, one of the junior strikers, he went down with a, a, a season ending injury that year, which unfortunately, you know, is, is, is tough. I never want to wish an injury on anybody, but it did kind of open the door 
to another freshman or another person to play in that position. And then there was another guy who was a sophomore who right before that, the one of our first preseason games got into a verbal altercation with one of the coaches. And he basically was uh, put on like a week long suspension from the team. So immediately after that first a uh, couple weeks in preseason now two of the starting strikers were out for various reasons um so now there were just three strikers left on the team and they played with actually two strikers so it was like two forward positions on the team um and one of them was going to be a, a soft another sophomore and then there was me and another freshman that were basically the other the other strikers or the other forwards in this team so uh it was me and matt wiesenfarth this freshman and basically we're going to kind of both get reps this first preseason game which is amazing it's amazing opportunity if you can get a starting spot or even a a full game or half a game as a freshman going into uh, your team and so this first game we played against Cal State Monterey East Bay and Cal State something East Bay and we we beat them I got the start as, as up top I was so excited I called my mom and dad and I was like mom like dad I'm gonna start I'm I think I'm gonna start this game and they were just, you know, over the moon. I think they even flew down for the game. And it was just a preseason game. Uh, and then that game, I scored a hat trick. And the other freshman, Matt Wiesenforth, who later became my best friend in college, scored two goals. And that just goes to show, you know, when you do get presented with an opportunity like that and you get your chance, you have to take advantage of it. You have to seize it. And pretty much since then, me and Matt Wiesenforth became uh the, the the starting forwards pretty much for the rest of the four years obviously you know there's a lot of interchange between teams and sometimes one of us wouldn't start or another person would start or there'd be a lineup change or something but we played in pretty much every single game from there on out on our careers so it just goes to show how important it is you're gonna get an opportunity the coach is gonna put you in the game and you just have to take advantage of it, whether it's 15 minutes 20 minutes 45 minutes and show them that you know, you can play at this level and that you deserve to play at this level. And I'm not saying that you need to score a hat trick, but you just need to be ready at all times. So be sharp, constantly be ready, and you will get that opportunity, especially in preseason, and take advantage of it. So I think, like I said, setting the tone as a freshman, I think that game definitely set the tone for me. You know, I put, I had my name, me and Matt Wiesenfarth both had our names up in the the newspaper, the local newspaper that week. And it definitely was pretty cool to have a little bit of recognition and to start off on a bang. And again, like I said, um, you, you kind of show the coaches like, look, I'm, I'm here. Like, like, like I'm ready to play. And they definitely now in their heads are going, wow, these two freshmen aren't just going to be, you know, temporary starters while the other strikers are out for various reasons. These guys really could become like, core starting forwards for this team um so yeah that's just like my preseason and and after that i really did i think the next preseason game as well against chico state i scored a goal so i i kind of like really started off that preseason with a bang and uh i think for the rest of my freshman year you know it obviously gets a little bit harder once you start stop playing against division two or division three teams and you go up to division one again uh but i still i played in every single game that freshman year And I ended, I think, with like two goals and an assist. And I think Matt Wiesenfarth ended it with like seven goals or something. He had his best year that year. So yeah, that was that was our uh, that was my freshman year and and Matt Wiesenfarth's freshman year. Uh, Let me just go over my notes to see if I miss anything else I want to touch on over that freshman 
that freshman season. Um, yeah, so also I want to talk about like the balance of, uh, of school, soccer, and social life. Because, you know, like I've talked about over the summer, I think that college is a, an amazing, amazing experience. And I do think it's wrong to look at it, you know, to, to completely ignore the fun side of college, hanging out with friends, enjoying the time where it's just, you know, you are on your, your own away from your parents. I really do think that you should have a social life. I'm not saying to go out to the bars every single weekend or to join a fraternity or do anything like that. But I'm saying that you do need to find that balance between being an athlete, being a student, and being a normal person with a social life. And I think I found that pretty well. I mean, in season, I especially, you know, freshman, soft, I think every year I was did a dry season. Like I, I barely I, I barely went out even. But if I did, it was just kind of go to see friends. And for the rest of the college, it was kind of like picking and choosing your weekends to do to be smart, but to go out and enjoy yourself. And I think it was a good balance. I had a ton of friends. I really enjoyed my experience. Uh, I got to reset the camera. Um, But I also think that, I also think that, you know, there is a way to balance it and you have to find what's right for you and, and how you can get the peak performance on the field while also being mentally sound and mentally, uh, mentally put together by having a social life but also keeping up your grade and it's tough it really is tough and you'll see like that triangle of like the student in college where it's like you can have sleep you can have good grades or you can have a social life and it was like pick two you can have two of those things well if you're a student athlete then you add a full another side of soccer so now you have sleep soccer social life and grades and it's like pick two so it's very challenging but it can be done and there's going to be you know great weekends and great social events that you have to miss out on but there's also going to be you know amazing experiences you get as a, as a soccer player but there's going to be times where you're staying up very late and you have to sacrifice sleep because you have that assignment due but the all day you've been doing workouts and, and 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 training sessions and everything so it's it's very hectic time but you definitely can find that balance and again there's no one answer i can give that's going to solve all your problems about balance it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of um, figuring out how not to procrastinate, and it's a lot of just figuring out how you can best balance it to, that makes you happy um, and also gives you the best results. Um, and then lastly, uh, for that freshman year, I pretty much kind of, like I said, I really recognized early on that my technical side of my game was lacking. I was physically there. I was fit. Uh, so once season ended, and I, and I had time now and we weren't traveling a ton. We didn't have two games a week and training every single day and, and weightlifting sessions on top of that. Plus all the schoolwork, it started to die down. You go into off season in college. And, and so I spent that time really doing a ton of individual trainings and workouts. Um, I would constantly, you know, after the season ended and you basically get where we would get like two weeks off, three weeks off to focus on finals, to finish up the semester or the quarter. And then you have your winter break. And during those three weeks, I was training with a group of guys at the field, you know, playing four or five days a week. And then if I wasn't there with the guys, I'd be there by myself working on juggling where I would remember doing drills, like getting 50 left footed juggles in a row and failing and failing and failing or passing against a wall over and over and over again, just trying to get as many touches on the ball. And it's so cliche. Like you've probably heard it a hundred times, 
hard work, hard work, hard work. But it's just so true. I mean, I could see after all that winter of doing my extra workouts and doing the extra training, and then you come back for that winter quarter, and then you have, you know, your two trainings a week because the NCAA had all those regulations on for, for athletes and your workouts and stuff, but you add in all your extra stuff that you're doing constantly, you can just see how much better you, you get. I mean, I, at the beginning, I could barely do, you know, 50 left-footed juggles in a row. And then by the end of the winter, I was just doing up to 100, up to 200, feeling super confident. And then during that spring season, again, it's like another little season that you have to test yourself. And again, I felt like I improved even better and or I improved more and played even better in those games. And again, I, I had a successful spring season. And by the end of the spring season, you meet with the, the coach to talk about your scholarship. And that next year, basically, I had earned more, uh, a, more of a soccer scholarship. So because I wasn't, you know, it's very rare you're on a full scholarship as a freshman, um, just a pure full athletic scholarship. So I had my athletic scholarship bumped up, I think like tripled or quadrupled because of my performance that year. Uh, and again, now you're in summer. And so for my summer, uh, I went back home, I think for a month, for that month of June, I was back home seeing some of my high school friends, enjoying my time, seeing my family, being back home, um, and taking a, you know, a little bit off, just, just kind of relaxing, going to the gym, going out to the field every once in a while, but letting the body recover, let my mind recover. And again, getting ready to attack my training again in July. And now this summer, uh, and we don't have to report, like I said, in the last, in that, that last, when I was talking about coming into college, you don't have to report until your report date for soccer. I think our college soccer report date was always between August 1st and August 8th, depending on the year. But I would, I think that first year I was there end of July, like July 30th or July 29th. And then coming into my sophomore year, I was there July 1st because I wanted to be there. I wanted to train with the guys that stayed in Davis. I wanted to get an extra captain's practices. I want to get an extra workouts. You know, I wanted to use the facilities and use the gym and be there without school so I could just be an athlete and just focus on myself. And again, I cannot recommend that enough. Unless you go home and you have an even better training setup with other guys or pros or whoever, I'd highly, highly recommend staying in that college town over the summer or as much of the summer as you can and training with your teammates, developing even more of a connection with your teammates, and just working and improving at your game with limited to no distractions. Um, so yeah, and then going into sophomore year, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely each year gets better and better, and you get more and more confident in your abilities, and you get freshmen coming in, you're starting to feel a little bit more confident. Now you're not the new guy; you've already been in that program for a year. You know the style of play. You're used to the speed of play. You know your teammates. You know how everything works. So you definitely have a little bit more confidence. And um, again, the sophomore year, there wasn't really anything that kind of like stood out to me. I had a slightly better year. I think I had like four goals that year. Um, again, played in every single game really was developing still I still found that I was technically lower than some of my teammates you know I think I was about average when it came in when we're looking at the technical side of the game or maybe below average and I wanted to be one of the most technical guys on the on the team so I definitely again saw that I was fit I saw I was athletic I saw I knew the tactical side of the game but I needed to work even more on my tactic or my technical side I could definitely notice the improvement from that freshman year but I could still see there was a long ways to go. And again, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is 
to to recognize that, to do that self-evaluation and find what's weak about your game, what's holding you back from being the best player on the team or what's holding you back from moving on and playing at the pro level and working at that constantly. And I saw that. It was the technical side. It was my first touch. It was my ability to play one and two touch passing. It was my it was my you know one v one attacking moves. It was that was what was holding me back from being a not just and I was already finding success in college. I was starting. I was scoring goals. I was one some of the I think my sophomore year I was even like the leading goal scorer or tied for the leading goal scorer. But I wanted to be you know I I really had goals of just being the best possible player I could become and being the best at at not only just being the leading scorer, but being the most technical and being the most fit and being the strongest. I had just that urge to really work on that constantly. So sophomore year was a successful year, better than my freshman year, um, played more minutes, had more goals, had more assists, and was really kind of developing into that role uh, for the team. And I, I just, again, I, loving college, loving my teammates, loving the coaching, uh, just loving everything about it. And in, in finding that balance between school, soccer, and uh, school soccer and social life, um, I think I was maintaining probably around a three-two, three-three at that point, maybe a three-four. So it was like getting Bs and As. Um, I obviously I felt like if I would have not focused as much on soccer or, or not hung out as much with my friends, I could have had a 4.0. But again, I really think it's important to find that balance. You know, I would look at myself and be like getting a 3.4 versus a 4.0, is it really necessary for what I want to do in life? If I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, yeah, that probably would have been it. But just be being a, a, an athlete, playing pro soccer or going into the business world after, it wasn't to me that important to, get, to lock down that 4.0. So I was willing to, to spend a little bit less time in, in school and focus more about my game and, and focus more around soccer. And at the same time, you know, um, I also felt it was important mentally for myself to be happy to spend time with friends, to go enjoy going out, to go enjoy the college aspect of college. Uh, so again, finding the balance. Um, so let me look at my notes to see I'm not missing anything from from sophomore year. Um, oh, again, this was uh, I didn't not again, but this is our best team performance. So we got we were the Big West champions that year. We didn't win the tournament, but for the regular season, we won it. So that was our most success, successful season as a team. Just killed it. Had a really really good group of guys, and and just won. We, we found a lot of success that year, and it was a lot of fun. Like you definitely can see how much fun it is to win instead of to lose, obviously. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Then now we're going into, so sophomore year I was living off of campus and I was living in an apartment with, uh, with an, another teammate and then two track athletes. I thought it'd be good to have a, like, you know, I was living with Matt Wiesenfarth, my best friend in college, another soccer player. And then I was living with two track athletes. I thought it'd be a good balance. So it's not completely surrounded around soccer constantly. I'd have a little break, you know, come and talk to Danny or Sage that were track athletes. It felt like I could have a little bit of a break and mentally and kind of a little and disconnect from just soccer, soccer, soccer all the time. And I liked it. I, I really did. It was still, there were still athletes, you know, they weren't like just, uh, just normal fraternity guys or whatever. Um, but it still felt like I could have a little bit outside of the game and I think that's important or at least it was important for me and I think it was smart um this time as well like I said once the season ended and we're going into off season into that winter and spring 
um, I really had that hunger. I was getting success. I was, you know, I was the leading scorer that year, my sophomore year. Uh, but I really wanted more and I didn't really even have that goal of playing pro. Like obviously it was in the back. It was a dream. I wanted to play professional soccer, but even then it was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's a dream, but I just wanted to be, you know, score even more goals. I wanted to start even more games. I wanted to not just be big West honorable mention. I wanted to be big West first team selection. I wanted more goals. I wanted more success. And I just, so I, that, that drove me that hunger of just wanting, of having a taste of a little bit of success, of just wanting more of that. It drove me to really work on that weakness that was holding me back that I thought, which was that technical side of my game. So constantly, again, if I said I was doing a lot freshman year, going to the field and getting extra workouts and extra trainings, I was doubling it for my sophomore year. I was going out constantly, double days, triple days, even maybe even being a little bit unsmart and, 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 uh, doing a little bit too much at times and pushing my body, uh, but doing so much, getting an individual session by myself with the wall in the morning for an hour, and then I would go to my classes, then I'd go to my team training, and then I would go to maybe another class, I'd go get a workout in, I'd come back, and then at sunset, I'd go out with a few teammates and maybe play pickup 4v4 or something. So it was just constant, constant, constant playing, training, my individual work, my team training, my workouts in the gym, and then even some pickup games as well. So just crazy amounts of work, but I was listening to my body and I really didn't have, I really didn't have, you know, any injuries. I had a a few muscle strains here and there, but nothing that lasted more than a week. And I just, you know, if anything started to bother me, I went to the, the treatment center, got a little bit of treatment, rested for a few days, maybe up to a week, um, did some rehab and then I was back doing the same thing again. And I really felt like that was where I was doing the most amount of work around that. I was like 20 years old. Um, and again, I really was working hard in school. Was, uh, some of my friends made fun of me because I was working so hard doing those applied math classes and computer science classes, but I still felt like I had a really good social life. I, I hung out with my friends. I was you know, going out to, to having some fun social life, going to parties, just really enjoying the college scene, but not as much as the normal, co- uh, the normal college student. Like I wasn't doing that crazy amounts that a lot of students do. I was balancing it, enjoying fun when I wanted to have fun with my teammates and going out and having a good time, but also working a ton with soccer and my training, my workouts, but also keeping my grades up. By my sophomore year, I was getting like a three, I, was, I think my GPA was like a three, two, three, two, five, right around there. So again, I, I obviously worked hard and wanted to get the best grades I could, but I wasn't mad that I didn't have a 4.0. I knew that what was important to me was having the balance and, and being able to focus on soccer. So sophomore year, was a, it was a great year for me. I don't know why I make coffee before I start these podcasts because I, I, get, take, I get like one sip every 10 minutes. Um, so now we're going to transition to junior year. Let me check my notes again. Um, okay, so... Over the summer, uh, oh, and this also, even backing up a little bit, my sophomore year was the year that, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that YouTube video, but it was the thousand juggles every single day for three months. I made that uh, a goal during my sophomore year. That was my spring going into summer. So every day in, I think it was April, May, and June, every single day I had this thing taped up to my wall that was just like a checkbox, like a calendar with a checkbox. And if I did my thousand juggles, I would check it off. If I didn't, well, I never didn't. I always did it. For three months straight, I did a thousand juggles. 
Um, so it would add up to like close to a hundred thousand juggles over that, those 90 day to a hundred day period. And, uh, just, it was just a little challenge for myself. And I, again, I, I noticed juggling helped me so much with my touch and my control. And I distinctly remember, I've talked about it in that video, but I distinctly remember coming in to, uh, go over the summer, coming into that preseason or over the summer training with my teammates, them even starting to make comments of like, Oh wow, Shelly, like your touches, that was a good touch or wow. That was like, you're looking technical stuff that they used to make fun of me for, for having a bad touch or, you know, when they kick the ball up and they're like, okay, Shelly, let's see it. How's your touch. And it would just completely miss your foot and bounce up. Now, now I was bringing it down, you know, more often than not. Um, so it felt good to see other people starting to notice that my hard work was paying off because, you know, as you, as that, the, the timeline goes when you're working hard to either change your body or to improve at soccer, it takes a few weeks before you start to see, um, some noticeable differences, whether you're starting to see some muscle definition or you improve in your touch, but it takes a little bit, even it takes a few months or a little bit longer for, uh, for your close friends or your teammates to see the difference for them to notice, wow, his touch has gotten better. Oh, wow. You know, Matt looks stronger. It takes him a little bit longer and it takes even longer for acquaintances to notice the differences in you. Um, so that's, it was a good sign to see not only that I could see my touch and my technical side of my game improving, but now everybody else was starting to see it as well. Um, and then going into, uh, in, into that junior season, that summer, I spent the entire summer in Davis. I, I think I went home for like a week just to see my family, you know, give my mom and dad a hug, see my brother and sister, maybe see one or two friends. And then I left straight back to Davis because I really, really was determined to have a good junior year. And I work again, the summer, that summer was again, ridiculous, like three a days, two a days going out in the morning. It gets like 110, 115 in Davis. <laughs> it's crazy. It's in like the Valley, but it gets crazy hot in the summer. So in the mornings at like six, 7 AM, I'd leave my apartment or leave, uh, yeah, leave my apartment, go out to the field, get my own individual workout and training session. And at the field for like an hour, maybe up to two hours, um, be drenched in sweat because at that time it's 7am, 8am in the morning, it's already 80, 85 degrees. I'd pack up all my stuff. I'd bike home. I'd stay inside all day long, maybe get a workout in the middle of the day, um, in the air conditioned gym that we had. Uh, and then I, at, at night, at like 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., when, when the sun was setting, then we would have our captain's practice with a group of guys going out to the field and getting a training session in. And to me, that was that was like heaven. Like that was, I look back at that time as like one of the, like the most peaceful and just like happiest times of when it comes to soccer. Um, I think just because it was, it was like the life. I woke up, individual workout in, come back home, eat, relax, shower, hang out with my friends in, in my apartment, just do whatever. And then I'd go out to the, do, go to the gym, get my own individual workout in, come back, shower, hang out with my friends, play video games, talk, have some social fun, do whatever, and then have that captain's practice at night. Then afterwards, hang out with them again, just, just really, really enjoying that time. And still, I'm even like thinking about it now. Like it really is, it's such an amazing time to just be with your friends in college. Like I really did have a, an amazing experience. Um, now I'm getting a little sidetracked. This is why I wanted to keep notes because I'll just go off in tangents. Um, but anyway, coming in, um, let me read. 
yeah, so junior year coming in the day before preseason started, the day before preseason started, I was goofing off, hanging out with my friends, playing FIFA, doing something. Um, and I jumped up over a couch, like either to photo, I can't remember if I was like photo bombing or if I was like, if I had won something, I was like celebrating, but I was just goofing off and I smacked my head against a low hanging beam and I broke my nose. Just one of the stupidest things I've ever done. Um, the day before preseason started and I, I was crushed. Like I remember being in the hospital in the ER at like two, 3 AM and shout out to Ramon Martin del Campo, who's playing in the USL now for Las Vegas lights. He took me to the hospital, was there with me, you know, the day before preseason, a huge day. I mean, most guys want to get tons of sleep. He was there with me, helping me out. Um, but yeah, I broke my nose and I was crushed. Like I, all I could think about was like, I, I, am I not going to have a season? What's going to happen? Um, and I remember asking the, the nurse, like, can I play? Like I have training tomorrow. Like, am I, can I play? And she was just like, yeah, just put a mask on. You'll be good. But I had to wear that, that stupid broken nose mask for the first like six weeks of, of preseason into season, which was a nightmare to play with. Um, but it was despite that, that was actually my junior year was my best individual performance that I had in college. I think by the end of it, I had like seven goals or something and uh, a few assists and just really felt like I was, was peaking. Like I felt like I was sharp and technical and I felt that like I was having fun on the field and we were playing well and I was scoring goals and I was scoring game winners. And you know, you constantly get the, your name on the newspaper and success. And I just really enjoy everything. Like I said, in that summer was a great summer. Everything around that had a very positive vibe around it. And I just remember getting a lot of success that season. Um, and I kept on feeling like, again, all the hard work was paying off. My touch was feeling better and better. My finishing, I was finishing more and more of the chances I, I was creating or my teammates were creating for me. And it just uh, was a good season. I earned some accolades. I think that was when I had Big West second team award or something. Or Arnold will mention, I can't remember. Um, and, you know, getting some awards and just, it was, it was a good, it was a very successful season. Um, and as well, that's, that's, that's the year where I moved into a house with, with my teammates. So I moved into the, we called it the Notre Dame house cause it was on the Notre Dame street. But that was when I lived with Ramon Martin del Campo, uh, Chris Schultz, who was a goalie, uh, Matt Wiesenfarth, who was a, like I, I've talked about in this podcast was another forward, um, Ryan Caro, which was a, a guy younger than us that actually needed a place to stay. And, uh, and then a, the track guy, Danny Smart. So from that house, like that, I wanted to move into a house surrounded by guys that really, really wanted to play professional soccer. Um, and we all had that same mindset. It's like that quote about surrounding yourself with friends and or people that have, uh, that are successful or, uh, have a similar mindset than you, or, um, it's like you're how you're the composite average of the people that you spend the most time around. I wanted to surround myself with the most dedicated and, and serious soccer players I possibly could to push me as much as they could push me and I could push them as much as I could push them. Um, and it definitely was successful in that, in that regard because, I mean, I've told this story before, but Ramon went on to have a very successful career of playing with Saprissa in Costa Rica, Puerto Rico FC in Puerto Rico, obviously, uh, Ottawa, uh, and now he went to Fresno, Fresno last year, and then he was at, and now he's at Las Vegas Lights, having a very successful professional career. And Chris Schultz and Matt Wiesenfarth played down in New Zealand, and then Chris had a su- very successful career in Australia, but he ended it 
uh, to focus on to enter the business world. And then Matt Wiesenfarth after New Zealand came and played for Sacramento Republic again in the USL. So us four all really accomplished our goals of signing multiple professional contracts. And we were just, I remember sitting in each other's room just talking about how badly in our plan and what was going to happen and how we we're all going to sign pro and just really kind of motivating each other. So it was very cool. It's very cool to look back on that and, and remember sitting in each other's room talking about signing a pro contract and talking about our goals and to now see it all come to fruition. Um, but yeah, I, I can't recommend that enough. Again, if you're in college, you it really is true. The people you spend time around, the people who are around you and who you live with and your friends, they rub off on you. It, their motivation, their goals, everything is gonna is gonna really affect you. So if you want to play pro, even if they're not like your closest friends, like me and Ramon are amazing friends now, very close friends. But at the time we had a lot of disputes. We weren't like close friends. Honestly, we fought a lot. We argued. I think we even got in a fist fight or two, but we were, we wanted to live with each other because we both had very similar mindsets. And I was willing to live with somebody like Ramon who I wasn't close friends with at the time because I loved his mindset. I'll never tell him that to his face, <laughs> but I loved his mindset and, and uh, I really respected it. Um, so yeah, that I, I can't, I think I really made the right decision there in going with people that I really wanted to, to be like. Um, so anyway, in that house, uh, like I've talked about, I had a really good junior year, had a successful junior year, um, junior season, and then in that house again, we were constantly motivating, constant every single day. It felt like you'd come home from your classes and your workouts, and one of the guys would be like, "Yo, I'm gonna go to the field to get some touches in. Do you want to come with me, hit some long balls or something?" And if you said no, you're like, "No, nah, I don't want to." You'd get a lot of guilt. We'd start to make fun of each other. Wow, I thought you want to be a pro. You're not gonna come to the field with me. Just little stuff like that. At that time, we all hated it, but it really we all pushed each other, doing three trainings a day, two trainings a day, and workouts, doing an absurd amount of work but we pushed each other and I, I definitely grew an unreal amount that year um, now coming into December you know so we're going through had a good fall had a good season but now we realize that all of us have one more year we have one more year at this we all want to play pro if we want to play pro if we want to get drafted we need to have an even better year so we're training like I said ridiculous amounts and and also in December this opportunity came up uh, with the San Jose Earthquakes U23, a tryout. And I remember I was actually home when I heard about it. I was home in Portland and how there's going to be tryouts in San Jose for the San Jose U, this new U23 team that they were starting in the PDL, which is now the USL League Two. And I wanted to go so bad, but I couldn't. I couldn't get the flight in time. Um, but there was going to be another tryout, I think, at the start of January. So I changed my flight. I'm, I went down there earlier, seized this opportunity because I realized how amazing this was going to be, even though it's uncomfortable. It's not like I've talked about a ton. It's not comfortable to go to a tryout. It's not fun to go to an open tryout or a combine or any of that stuff. But if I wanted to play pro, I recognized how huge an opportunity it would be to play for the San Jose Earthquakes U23 team, not only for my resume, not only for my highlight video, but also just to have the opportunity to play for that organization and be seen by hopefully the head coach of the MLS team or the assistant coach of the MLS team. So I went down there, uh, me, Ramon, Chris, and, and Matt Wiesenfarth all had the opportunity to go down there and try out for them. And we all ended up making the team and all four of us in that house. I mean, Matt, Wheezy, 
All right, it's not Matt and Weezy. That's the same guy. Weezy, Ramon, Chris, and me all made the team, and we all started training with the San Jose Earthquakes uh, that spring. And now this is where it really, I really made the mental switch of of that balance that I was talking about uh, between school and soccer and social life. I really made the ba- uh, I really made that switch of reducing my focus on school and focusing more on soccer because I. I realized that doing this and playing for the San Jose Earthquakes U23 team required for that spring quarter, it required me to miss all of my Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday practices because the team would train Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at like noon down in San Jose, which was like a two-hour drive. So me, Ramon, Weezy, and Chris, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday would wake up early at like 8 a.m., drive all the way down to San Jose, get some breakfast, go and train. We'd finish our training. We'd drive all the way back up to Davis. And then we would we would pretty much get back around 2, 1 p.m., 2 p.m. But all of our classes that we had were in the mornings and we missed them. And then in the afternoons, we might get an extra training session in or an extra workout or something. But it's very hard to be in school and miss three days a week of, of your classes. And it, it was tough, and I my grades definitely suffered. I think I had like a 1.8 or a 2.0 or something that quarter. But I was willing to shift the focus and, and shift that balance away from school, and and shift it, and shift it. Sorry, my alarm is going off to start start the camera again. But to shift it to soccer because I knew I had one chance at this. But it's very tough to tell people that to stop focusing on school and focus more on soccer because I recognize how rare it is to make a living playing soccer and how just a tiny fraction of the people actually achieve that goal. And even if you do achieve that goal, 75% of professional soccer players in the world make less than the average medium income of Americans. So you're not gonna, most likely, even if you're lucky enough or, or you're fortunate enough to become a pro, you still have a high, 75% chance of not making enough money to really even make more than the average household. So I it's hard to tell people to stay away from school and to focus on soccer because I recognize that it's really not the best financial decision and you're much it's much safer and much more um, realistic to focus on school and that you should put your education ahead. But at that time, I, I realized that for me and my family situation and what was going on that I was willing to, to make that sacrifice, to take that chance to, to accomplish a dream because I had the means if it didn't work out to come back to school and, and get my degree and still finish out and still have a good life. I wasn't risking everything to do this. Um, but I did that whole quarter. I struggled in school because I was missing a ton of classes. I tried my best to keep up with studying. Um, but I was performing and playing well for the San Jose Earthquakes U23 team. And I, I was the leading scorer for that season. And Ramon had a great season. And Matt Wiesenfarth had a great season. And Chris Scott had, had a great season as well there. Um, and we got that on our resume, got those reps. And we also, I've talked about this so much, but we realized how close the professional game truly is. Because we were playing with other players that had played pro in Greece, had play, played pro in South Africa, had played pro in other countries. And now they're coming back here and we were either starting over them or competing with them or at their same level. So we saw, we saw, we could see the professional level and we saw how close we were. And we all kind of made a commitment that we all were going to go for this fully, really commit for this. Ramon knew he was going to uh, drop out of college and, and pursue being a professional soccer player. I knew it. 
we all had that goal and that ambition. Um, and then going over into the summer after the San Jose Earthquakes U23, uh, it, playing that PDL season and having that success, I think, this is honestly where I think I went wrong. I think I put too much pressure on myself and how I talked about the fun and the enjoyment and just and just playing and, and working extremely hard like I was during my junior year, putting in the work, but just enjoying it and having fun. I feel like I made the switch to putting so much pressure on myself because I wanted to play pro that it turned to less about just enjoying it, having fun, and more about, look, I need to have a good season. I don't want to have a good season. I need to have a good season or else I'm not going to become a pro. It was more negative. I had this negative cloud. I, I even thinking back to that year, I had a lot of stress. I wasn't my normal kind of like happy-go-lucky self. I wasn't joking around as much. I thought that in order to play pro, I needed to become somebody that I, I really wasn't and become the serious, like kind of like just uh, just focus 100%, like just be this guy. And, and in reality, I just I should have realized you can still work extremely hard. You can still put in all this effort. You could still do everything that you're doing to be a pro and still enjoy it at halftime or not at halftime, but after the game or before a game or after training or sometime when the time is right, you can still have fun, let loose, enjoy, have that social side to keep you mentally mentally available and mentally ready to still perform. And I felt like I just completely shifted the balance and the focus all around soccer and my game I didn't suffer. I still had a successful season. I think I still had five goals, started almost every single game, still got Big West second team, um, still had a lot of accolades, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. I wanted more. And as the season would progress and as I wasn't performing exactly how I wanted to perform, I kept on putting more and more pressure on myself and, and stressing myself out. And I think that that led to me not having the, the season that I wanted to. I wanted to have 10 plus goals. I wanted to be drafted. Um, I, w I wanted to have five plus assists. And I think I just, I think I made that shift where it was less about working hard and enjoying it. And it was more about needing to have success in order to become a pro. So that's just kind of like my story and about like how I think, how, how it went wrong for me. And still, like I said, I still had a good season. I still procured like a lot of professional interest after the season. But I think if I were to redo it, I would try to emulate or try to copy what I did my junior year and already found so much success, working hard, enjoying it, having fun, having a little bit of balance with my social life, and my friends, um, but still just completely, you know, being focused. Um, yeah, let me check over the notes because I've talked for a while now. Um... Yeah. Um, again, uh, that whole summer going into my senior year, I didn't really touch on it, but again, I stayed over in Davis, uh, just training a ton, doing the triple days, doing the normal amounts. So I was still doing, I pretty much had the same workout and training regimen that I had that junior year, but I even in my head, I'm thinking back at it and it was just more robotic and more of like, all I could think about was if I didn't have a successful season, I wasn't going to play pro and I was going to fail instead of look, I love doing this. I want to work hard. I want to find success, but I need to enjoy this. I need to enjoy this game. And I've probably talked about that too much now, but I hope that helps somebody out there that might be putting too much pressure on themselves and it, it, it affecting them in a negative way. That's my advice. You can still work hard. You can still put pressure on yourself without it affecting you in a negative way. 
Um, now after my, my senior season, I, like I said, I still had a great season, still had five goals, still started almost every game, still got accolades. Um, and then after the season, as soon as the season ends and you're no longer a collegiate athlete, now you can start talking to agents and scouts and, and, and starting that next process. So literally when the season ended the following day, I had a call from an agent, um, who was watching the season and he said, Matt, you know, I really like how you play. I really think that you're the type of player that I would like to represent. I want to represent you. I want to be your agent. Um, I had a call from a scout. You know, I've been close to a scout for an MLS team. It was Kansas City who was calling me and talking to me, wanted to get to know me, wanted to do stuff like that. So I was starting to feel like, okay, I'm going to play pro. Like, I'm going to play pro. You know, this is how it's going to go. Uh, and then as well, like, I did some other stuff. Uh, I, I signed up for, like, the Info Sport Combine, which honestly, in hindsight, was not a very good combine, but I signed up for it. Uh, I signed, I went to the San Jose earthquakes, U- or not the U23 combine, but the San Jose earthquakes invited me in to a combine in that winter, just with other top performing collegiate athletes in the state of California or elsewhere in the, in the nation went in a combine. So I was doing a ton and being very proactive and trying as much as I could to start to procure interest from pro teams. I was sending out my highlight video on my CV from college to pro teams that I could get a hold of, to the Sacramento Republic, to the Portland Timbers, asking my head coach if he could talk to other teams for me, try to get me a pro trial, try to do something. So that's pretty much my collegiate career in a, in a nutshell. Oh, and I forgot to mention that after that fall quarter, I dropped out like fully. I went in, listed, you know, dropped off my dropping out, like my full... I'm out of here, papers, signed off on it, dropped out of college, uh, and really committed 100% to going pro. Um, I'll do another podcast really going in deep about my time between that. Like I've talked about Germany now, I've talked about uh, getting recruited to college, and now this is my college story. I'll do another podcast starting up right when I dropped out of college and going in depth into what I just said, going in depth and how I got that interest from the pro teams um, and leading up into Germany. I think that'd be a very good podcast as well. But one at a time, I've already been talking for like an hour, over an hour now. So uh, I'll keep it keep it like this. So that was my college story. Had a, uh, had a great experience in college. I absolutely loved UC Davis. I had a, met amazing friends, some of my best friends of my life. I came from that team. Um, but yeah, I think, I hope you guys, you know, heard that and heard my experience and it helped you. Maybe you got one piece of advice or one nugget that you got from this that's going to help you out, whether it's the thousand touches every day for three months or whether that's the, the putting too much pressure on yourself at times where it becomes negative or it's advice coming into your freshman year of college or something. I just hope that uh, it helped you out. But let me know, comment something below, comment if you want me to talk about something else, comment what you thought about this podcast. Just, uh, just let me know. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And once again, thank you to Ebonel for sponsoring this podcast episode. Really appreciate the support. Uh, yeah, catch you guys in the next video. Be sure to like and subscribe. Peace. Yeah.